Hello and welcome to the Everyday Adventure Podcast. My name is Nikki Bass and I will be bringing you thoughts and ideas and hopefully some inspiration on how to build more adventure into your everyday life. I'm really excited today to introduce Amanda Tutton to the podcast. Amanda was introduced to me by a mutual connection. And when I found out more about her story, I just thought I've, I've got to have her on the show. It's just such an interesting journey. And there's so many, I mean, she's done so many amazing things. She's a snowboard instructor, heli bike guide. She's a ski patroller based out in Queenstown in New Zealand. And while she's done these incredible adventures, it's the path and the journey of how she's got to that and also how she supports clients in going on their adventures that I'm really excited to explore. So thank you so much for joining me, Amanda. Brilliant to have you here. I guess my first question really is, I know you moved to New Zealand, I think it was about 10 years ago. And I was just wondering what sort of motivated you to make that change? I guess, yeah, it was a big change for me. Um, Unfortunately, I'd just come out of a... um, of a relationship so uh yeah I was I was grieving quite a lot I was heartbroken didn't really know what to do with my life didn't particularly enjoy the job that I was in at the time and uh things kind of fell into place for me to sell up and, and move on so I thought do you know what I'm going to travel around the world and help heal myself that way but I, the main aim was to try and get to my brother in Australia uh, to go and see him and be with family and uh, I guess things evolved from there. It didn't always work out when I was in Australia. I, you know, was involved in some of the uh, big floods and cyclones they had there. Couldn't find work and uh, was running out of money. And so I um, decided to go and stay with my uncle and aunt in um, New Zealand, just in time for the, uh, the earthquake in New Zealand in 2011. Oh, so uh, <laughs> uh, there were definitely some uh, ups and downs in that time. But um, that's how I sort of initially made it over to, uh, to New Zealand, stopping on some pretty exciting places along the way. Gosh, and then, and then from there, really, how did your, I suppose, your adventure journey, how did you get started with, with the, sort of the snowboard instructing and from there? So after the earthquake in Christchurch, um, I wanted to stay nearby. And I don't know, years ago, when people would ask me what my ideal job was, I'd always say, oh, I'll go in um, to work on a boat that goes out and sees dolphins every day. Never in a million years thought that would ever happen, but had a look on one of those sort of work for accommodation websites and uh, found a job that went out to see dolphins every day on a boat. So uh, I did that for a few <laughs> for a few months it didn't really pay very much but it certainly helped to heal me in the interim and that's where I had some time to myself to think about what I really wanted to do and whereas I wasn't driven by by money I just wanted to get myself happy again and in the back of my mind I'd always wanted to do another ski season I'd done one straight out of um, university before I joined the army and thought oh you know I'd love to do another ski season and so I thought why not Um, I just got a little bit of money from selling my car back home and that paid for my instructor's course. That's how I got to uh, learn how to be an instructor and then um, went off and did a bit of experience in Japan and again came back to New Zealand very riskily because I didn't have a job to go to. I actually didn't get through the first phase of interviews. Oh wow. So flew back hoping to get a job through a hiring clinic and fingers crossed worked hard and and got a job and that's how I got into uh, snowboard instructing and was a snowboard instructor for oh like seven years I guess in the winters on and off and this last couple of years wanted a bit more of a challenge and decided to get my qualifications to ski patrolling yeah amazing 
and I suppose from there I uh, wondered what to do in the summer and I saw a job advert for um, an adventure guide didn't really know what the qualifications were or not but it sounded like my cup of tea and uh, applied and luckily my um, boss at the time he liked the fact that um, I got some military experience and the fact that I also grew up on a farm which meant that perhaps I had a bit more um, sort of problem solving skills and uh, he took me on as a as a co-guide so I was basically had another guide as well to um, to go around the country with we then started taking trips of tourists hiking and biking around the South Island it was really good fun. Oh, incredible. I love the fact that so much of what you've said have just been, oh, I saw a job advert and I just thought, well, I'll apply for it and see <laughs> yeah. where it goes. Because I think so much of when people talk about going on adventures or doing, you know, doing something really different, one of the things they talk about, right, well, you need a really concrete plan and you need to really have thought, you know, there needs to be so many different things in place. And I think that can sometimes be off-putting for people because absolutely why, if you're doing a big adventure, it's important to plan. But actually just that getting started of, you know, what, like what's, what's the first step that I can do? Or, you know, like you said, just, just looking at job adverts going, that's something I fancy. Maybe I'll just give it a go and see what happens. That's how I've actually done a lot of my adventures. Years before I ended up in the careers that I was in, I was watching a nature programme and the guy was kind of narrating the programme whilst kayaking amongst killer whales. And I was like, well, he's actually talking to the camera whilst he's doing this. Why, you know, mm. that looks pretty cool so I just did a bit of googling and was like you can go on holiday and kayak amongst killer whales sign me up (laughs) and again I wouldn't say I'm a particularly strong kayaker Mm. but it was uh, you know four days out in the wilderness in Canada and it's something you can do it's you can find inspiration everywhere Mm. and like you said just taking that step going okay I'm gonna give this a go and see what happens I mean, you, you sound like you've had some really incredible adventures. I guess out of all of them, what's maybe taken you outside of your comfort zone the most? What's been the biggest challenge? Well, there's, there's been a couple. Firstly, on my way to Australia back in the beginning was I went uh, to Hawaii and I wanted to see the lava going into the sea at night, which sounded quite ambitious. And I um, headed to Big Island where they've got the sort of lava flowing into the sea and uh, found out that you need to go to Volcanoes National Park and I did all my research and sort of got there and there was just you know a little dash of smoke and I was like that's not really what I was after and uh, saw a little local tour company was like yes just pay $50 here and we'll take you to the uh, to the lava and being a sort of tight backpacker I was like oh my last $50 and anyway paid him and uh, went walking over razor sharp rock along the uh, sort of ocean edge until we get pretty close and they said oh we're about to walk on a bench now and everywhere I'd seen in Volcanoes National Park had been uh, signs saying don't walk on benches there you know unstable bits of land Uh, and he was like yeah yeah you could die I could die we could all die but that's the only way you're going to see the lava and I had to have a big talk to myself and I was like oh gosh And it turned out to be one of the most magnificent things I've ever done because the whole time I was thinking I was going to die, but you could feel the heat of the lava underneath your feet. You could see kind of the stars all above you, feel it on your face. And it was like one of the most moving experiences that I've ever had. But again, I hadn't kind of planned exactly for that to happen but I saw an opportunity and thought that was worth taking. But again, uh, more recently, what I've uh, probably found most challenging is uh, when I went to um, do the job of patrol. 
and in my head I decided that I wanted a bit more of a challenge I'd done everything I could, could do as a snowboard instructor time for a new challenge turned out that fate was like here you go here's a challenge it's the hardest thing to learn so many new skills um, I'm not particularly fond of heights and I had to learn how to climb lift towers to potentially evacuate customers I had to learn how to um, use rigs which are kind of sleds that you would hold on to and uh, collect people that were injured I had to learn lots of first aid and so every day I'm kind of like terrified by my lack of knowledge and skills you know, got really overwhelmed. There were days where I was crying because I thought I was going to hurt somebody more than I was going to help them. But every day you kind of get a little bit better. And then you've also got a team around you that want to support you. And so they're like, oh, come on, I'll take you and we'll do a practice of this and a practice of that. And so about halfway through the season, I've slowly built up my confidence to start enjoying it a little bit more. So hopefully this next season might be a bit more successful and stress-free. But yeah, that was pretty challenging. Gosh, yeah, I can imagine that probably was quite stressful. <laughs> probably justified. You've got to be careful what you wish for. No, absolutely. But I also think it's that really interesting thing that, you know, what you were saying about looking for another challenge, that actually what you were already doing by most people's standards was probably really up there in terms of adventure. But actually, that <laughs> as you push your, I guess, the edges of your comfort zone, that that expands. And then you're like, what else can I do to take myself out of that? And then you find yourself in the situation sometimes going okay <laughs> I was more comfortable back there yeah. um, and, and how you kept going in that I think that's really interesting particularly around the community side of things which I think is something we often talk about there's often a perception of what people do and you've got those diagrams of where what people think you do what your mum thinks mm. you do what children think you do and then what you actually do and as a ski instructor you know a lot of the time you're just looking after little children and taking yeah. them to the toilet um, and <laughs> challenge in itself but yeah different sort. <laughs> yeah so uh, once you've sort of mastered something I think it's always good to keep pushing yourself and keep learning and mm. um, because you know that's what makes life interesting and what makes you want to go after more definitely um, a lot of the time like a few years ago I took up downhill mountain biking and you know you would talk to my grandmother and she'd be like why are you doing that you know you can barely ride a bike and it's just like skiing. You start off on a green run that most people that could ride a bike could, you know, ride down. And then that gets a little bit, you know, I've got this a little bit boring. Mm. Let's try blue run. And you've got that. And then ages later, you've seen what these black runs look like. They look like death. But, you know, you just start creeping forward and getting a little bit better until one day you're sort of at the top of a black run going, oh, I'll give that a go. And the feeling you get from completing it, mm. you know, maybe it's, addiction to adrenaline or what have you but the fact that three years ago you looked at something and you're like no way and then you slowly chip away at things and I yeah. suppose yeah little goals definitely and, and that thing of being able to look back as well and go actually the, the achievement comes from the fact that I know where I started from with this other people might not necessarily know that or you know just see the end result yeah. but actually I, I know where I started I know how I was feeling at the top of that green run all those, yeah. those months ago so to do this feels something you know you, you get something internally from it I think in terms of yeah. a sense of a sense of achievement a sense of knowing what you're capable of and, and that's really powerful as well. And I think that's it. And it's like, it's knowing yourself and what, what you can do at the start mm -hmm. and then knowing how much to push yourself. And if yeah. you don't know, you've probably got friends around you that can help with that and support mm -hmm. you and encourage you. But at the same time, 
a few years ago, I decided to do something I didn't like doing, which was running, which a lot of people are brilliant at. I'm rubbish at running. And um, I didn't start off with thinking I'm going to run a marathon because I know that I'm not very good at running. So I thought, well, I'll start with a 10K and then we'll get to a half marathon. I still haven't got to a full marathon yet because that sounds terrifying. But it's sort of knowing what you can do and little by little getting there. I love um, that you started with the 10K. Most people are like, I'll, I'm, maybe I'll go for a walk around the block. See how it feels. <laughs> I, I like it's... a beach route afterwards. I started with the 10K. <laughs> I was probably a bit ambitious. Awesome. So I guess the next question, because you must have, like you said, you know, you've spent so much time working with clients and, and, and I guess taking them outside of their comfort zones or them being in situations that whilst it might they might have thought on paper that they signed up for it yeah I'm really excited and they get somewhere and think I don't know if I can do this how do you support people in that situation I mean what what have you found I guess works with people who are either you know anxious or suddenly that you know that fear kicks in uh yeah so there's definitely lots of different techniques and it's getting to know that person and what motivates them you know why they're there in the first place so I think that if somebody signed up to go on a trek or something they've already made that decision that they want to do it I suppose um so they have the motivation and then sort of finding um is it the ambition of getting to the top um so encouragement all the way Mm -hmm. but also breaking down it into small goals I've had a lady that saw the top of the mountain and just burst into tears because it just seemed so impossible that we would ever get there so far away and you just go well we're just going to go across here a little bit and we'll get to that first marker and then I start chatting to them and distracting them we we talk about their life and uh, before they know it they're about five markers further up so uh, a lot of uh, ways to do it is distracting people as well getting them to talk to you um And then before you know it, you've got halfway up the mountain and you've already got a beautiful view to look at. So Mm. you've got a sense of achievement after a certain amount. And then you start talking and setting the next goal. So breaking it up, encouraging it. Mm. And the other thing is a lot of people have come on holiday with people that um, can support them. So surrounding yourself with those people that are positive people that are going to encourage you rather than bring you down as well. And I guess that's why... A lot of people like a guided trip, I suppose, because you've got somebody encouraging you and being positive and then pointing out every little plant along the way and as you go and some stories and history. So, um, yeah, and it is that sense of achievement when people get to the top makes my day. Um, It's made their day, but Mm. I get to see another a mountain that I've been up several times through lots of different people's eyes and they all pick out something different and they all have their own sense of achievement. And it's magical yeah Mm, really rewarding I can imagine yeah Yeah. wonderful and so you've alluded to it as we've been talking anyway but what's what would be the one piece of advice if you've either I guess got a new client who's who's about to start or somebody who who's looking at what you've done think actually that sounds amazing I'd I'd love to (laughs) to get started on a journey What, what advice would you give them I suppose one of the uh quotes I like is that you know life deals you a a hand it's up to you how you play it mm. um you know you can be in a difficult um situation but there's always opportunity there um and so surround yourself with with people that will encourage you along your journey and help you and then make a make a goal have a dream and if that dream seems impossible at the time you know break it up into smaller dreams make it a bit more manageable to do 
I'm very fortunate to have, have people around me to, to help me. I don't always get it right. I've failed so many times at many things, but you know, a bit of drive and dreaming helps you get a long way. Awesome. That's such good advice. I think you're, you know, you've said it several times. I think that point about having people around you who you've got your back, who are spurring you on and encouraging you. I think sometimes that gets missed out in some of the adventure stories we hear that, you know, it becomes this sort of lone person striving to do it for themselves. You know, and I always talk when I talk about resilience, that what's so important, we're group animals in the end. We need those people around us who are building us up and, and spurring us on. You can do it without, but actually what a difference it makes to have people who are, <laughs> who are cheerleading for you too. Yeah, and I think, you know, they may be your best friends, they may be your work colleagues, but if you don't have those sorts of people, there are lots of different clubs and societies that you can join that offer mm. those um, support networks as well that yeah. can be good. But all those people that climb Everest, you know, you don't see the sort of 200 porters that have carried all their stuff up there that have laid the route for mm. them so that they can stand at the top. There's a team of people behind them. Um, and yeah, so finding your little team and your little tribe to help support you is really cool. That's been so amazing. Thank you so much, Amanda. Really no appreciate worries. it. Um, if yeah, people want to find out more about what you do or just see some gorgeous pictures of, <laughs> of, of Queenstown <laughs> and the mountains, where can they go? Well, I was uh, saying to you before that um, at some point, hopefully I might write a book about all of this so you can hear all the funny yes. stories from uh, my adventures. Otherwise, uh, yeah, I'm on Instagram at atutton4. Um, so yeah, you can check out some of my pictures. I'm probably a bit of a lazy Instagrammer, but at some point there'll be some more adventures on there hopefully brilliant well we'll have to have you back once you've written your book and you can talk to us all about that too <laughs> no next adventure thanks so much awesome. again it's been lovely to speak Thank to you, you. No take worries. care bye so I don't know about you but I personally found hearing Amanda's story and her journey and her adventure so inspiring um, I love the quote that she used life deals you a hand but it's up to you how you play it um, and that came through so clearly in all of the stories she told, all of the things that had happened to her, um, that the adventure in a way, or the first adventure had started from quite a painful place, but that at every stage she made a decision, she made a choice about what she was going to do with that when she faced challenges, actually, what's the next step that I need to take? And I thought there was something really powerful in her message around you don't need to necessarily have a grand plan. You don't necessarily need to have everything mapped out. All you really need is to find the courage somewhere to take the first step and go for it. Identify what it is that you want to do. And then whether it's, and this I think applies just as much in wider life as it does in adventure, whether it's applying for a job that you really want to do, whether it's connecting with somebody that you've, you really admire, that first bit where you, where you have to just pluck up the courage to just reach out or just do it. Actually, sometimes you don't need much more of a plan than that. And that's not saying that absolutely on, on some of the big adventures, it's really useful to have things mapped out in the logistics and have an idea what you need to be doing where you're going. But that sometimes I think the biggest barrier to us getting started is this sense that we should really know how it's going to look and that we should really have a clear plan and a clear idea of how things are going to move forward. And when we don't have that, it can make us feel, well, maybe that's a sign that I shouldn't be doing this. 
And that sometimes we just need to take that chance and step outside of our comfort zone, sit with that discomfort. And in the end, that's how we grow. And I think that theme of growth and development and pushing yourself further and finding out what you're really capable was such a theme in Amanda's words and in her stories. Um, And that was something that I think really resonated for me. Anyway, I really hope you enjoyed it. As always, feel free to get in touch. Find me on Instagram, Resilience at Work, or you can join our Facebook group, The Everyday Adventure Club. Or otherwise, it'd be great if you can leave me a review and let me know what you think. Anyway, we'll be back next week. I'm listening to another story of adventure and I hope you'll join us then. Speak to you soon. Bye. Bye.